0: issue for all women hello mickey here and because it is december the 1st a happy world aids day to you all okay that might seem an incongruous greeting but for world aids day i caught up with hiv advocate lizzie jordan and she told me that huge advances in science around the virus are definitely something to celebrate caught early and with the right medication it's no longer a death sentence In fact with treatment someone who is HIV positive can still live a normal healthy life and do everything that anyone else can do just like Lizzie does. That is not to say the battle is over not by a long chalk. It is the 30th anniversary of World AIDS Day and while advances in science around the virus are simply incredible the raising of awareness and funds the fighting of prejudice and the increasing of education are still vital. World AIDS Day is an opportunity for people worldwide to unite in the fight against HIV, to show support for people living with HIV and to commemorate those who have died from an AIDS-related illness. Despite it only being identified in 1984, more than 35 million people have died of HIV or AIDS, which makes it one of the most destructive pandemics in history. That red ribbon you bought? It stands for a hell of a lot. 17 people a day in the UK are diagnosed with HIV. It's estimated that around 20,000 people in the UK are undiagnosed HIV positive. Any of us who are sexually active, gay or straight, and have condomless sex are at risk of HIV, because it doesn't give a shit about stereotypes. It's a virus, is it? Sexual health MOTs should already be something that we're doing on a regular basis, and a HIV test is just something to incorporate into that. There are many ways you can access a HIV test, all of which involve testing a bit of your blood. Buy an instant home HIV test which gives you a result in just 15 minutes and they are available from www.hivselftest.co.uk. You can order a postal sampling kit where you fill a little tube with a few drops of blood and mail it back to them and you can find that at www.takeatestuk.com or you could just visit a GU clinic to find out where you can get tested near you visit www.startswithme.org.uk. And finally, the Terence Higgins Trust is a wealth of information and support. Use it. You can find it at www.tht.org.uk. Over to Lizzie. Hello, I am joined on the phone by Lizzie Jordan, one of the UK's highest profile HIV advocates, who has been called the Nigella of HIV. Hi, Lizzie. Hi there. That is quite the nickname. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It came about from some random comment from a journalist.
1: Unfortunately, people still tend to think of people living with HIV in, in certain categories, in certain boxes. And there's no doubt that certain populations are more affected by HIV. But actually, HIV can affect anybody. And, and so when you look at me, sometimes people meet me and, well, i just think what runs through the head, but... Um, <laughs> Because I'm you know, I'm a heterosexual white woman, I'm educated, I you know, I have a good job, I'm incredibly privileged and uh, you know, if I'm doing like a speaking thing I always start with like a privileged claxon because I recognise actually that lots of those boxes that I tick or the labels that I have give me a bit of an advantage and I have to recognise that but yeah so the the Nigel of HIV thing just kind of stuck and it it makes people smile and actually when we're talking about something that can actually sometimes set people a bit on edge or they're a bit nervous it's actually been a brilliant thing of like yeah that's me.
0: (laughs) So it's because people are surprised that you have had a HIV diagnosis yeah? Yeah Totally.
1: Yeah, and the number of times people tilt their head and look at me, and, and then they go, I, I just would never have known. I just <laughs> like can't know. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and that kind of pity of, oh, and it's like, no, no. I'm lucky because I've been tested and I'm on treatment, so actually I'm going to live a really good life. It's the people who don't know and haven't been tested and therefore aren't accessing treatment, they're the ones that we need to make sure they hear these messages and get in touch with and not assume anything about anybody because actually, you know, HIV doesn't discriminate. It doesn't say how much money you have, how educated you are, you know, what job you have, what color your skin is, who you have sex with it's just a virus at the end of the day and we've got to kind of break down all the myths and stereotypes that you know kind of the legacy of the 80s that a lot of people are still stuck with
0: I mean I'm still scarred by that advert
1: yeah it, I mean everybody knows um, you know the tombstone that were, I'm saying everybody knows so everybody that's a certain age <laughs> knows tombstones and those kind of the legacy that those campaigns left from sort of that to the era public health messages they were incredibly powerful But they've also left a massively stigmatising legacy of death and despair and fear, which actually we've moved so far. And the science of HIV today, we're in a different world. And with medication and treatment and testing you can live a really great life and actually it isn't like it was in the 80s where they didn't have the treatment options they didn't have you know all of the things that we have now mm-hmm. to prevent AIDS and unfortunately death so we've come so far but we just need to get a society kind of coming along a bit as well
0: so where are things at with the virus right now lizzie
1: so we have still got far too many people undiagnosed we need to make testing as routine as you know going to the dentist if, if you you know if you're having sex with different people or you're starting a relationship then you know let's start making it that actually a hiv test is a standard part of screening and just you know keeping yourself well as i said we've got far too many people undiagnosed in the uk and further afield so those are the people that we're trying to reach out to to actually encourage people to get tested because once you're tested and treated and you know aware of your status as i said you can live a really good life but far too many people are diagnosed when they're poorly which is not necessarily too late but it's later than we would have liked because yeah. by then the virus has been damaged to people's bodies and it's, it's harder to get sort of well again from that. Whereas if we can get people tested and treated earlier, you know, if they're diagnosed when they've not been infected that long, for one, they'll have better health outcomes and a better quality of life. But also they won't be infectious so they won't be, you know, passing the virus on to anybody else. Because if actually we could get everybody tested and on treatment, 99.9% of the population living with HIV wouldn't be infectious, and therefore the virus would be stopped. It wouldn't be being passed on. So that would be the um, that would goal.
0: It all sort of ties together, doesn't it? I think there's, a, there's around 20,000 people in the UK who have HIV but are undiagnosed. And I've seen you mm-hmm. banging your drum about the importance of sexual health MOTs, and I absolutely concur. But it it all ties into those stigmas and the misconceptions surrounding HIV that still linger. People don't think it would affect them, so why should they get tested?
1: Totally. It is such a stigmatised condition. Because of, you know, we are British and we don't talk about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And it is that kind of thing of... I I go into a lot of schools and we see the struggles that teachers have to talk about responsible sexual health. Because actually... There's a whole gambit of stuff that is a potential outcome of, of having condom with sex, not just HIV, but HIV seems to be the kind of the top of that, you know, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing that's going to happen to you, or an unwanted pregnancy. Often in school, that's kind of how young people, it's, you know, don't get pregnant, don't get HIV. Well, actually, there's a whole load of stuff, and relationships are really complex, and intimate relationships. Sometimes, even more so. Mm-hmm. Sort of setting that, you know, let's get screened, let's have that conversation, let's talk about it, actually is what I advocate for all the time because surely that's the best way to go. You know, if you eat sweets, you have to go to the dentist and have a check-up. None of us are ashamed of saying, yeah, you know what, I enjoy sugar in my coffee and therefore I know I need to see the dentist. And yet, thought sort of saying, well, actually, are you sexually active? So, yeah do you go to sexual health clinic oh god no it's like what's that all about and we need to completely change that conversation to make sexual health clinics and access to sexual health care totally part of standard conversation but there's no shame in doing that I and mean, it's
0: actually a proactive responsible thing to do well I have to hold my hands up I mean one I've not been to the dentist for 27 years and I do really like sweets no I know right I reckon I've got another four <laughs> years before my face just collapses um <laughs> inwards and I am a 41 year old woman who has had more than one sexual relationship and I've never been tested I should go get tested right yes yeah.
1: I, you know I recommend it as anybody if you're particularly if you're starting a new relationship or you've just ended one then actually it's a really good time to go get checked out and just with the peace of mind of saying yep you know what I'm alright or actually you might need some medication or whatever but actually it's you've got that peace of mind then that you're It off the list, and we've
0: done it and we've dealt with that You've got a gold sticker for being a grown up or whatever. Oh, do they still give stickers? Uh, Maybe I will go to the dentist. (laughs) When I've been to the doctors and I've had sexual health checkups, because you know I do take responsibility for my own health in that way, a HIV test has never been offered to me.
1: The times are changing. I know that you know. Not that long ago, it wasn't always offered a standard. So I know when when I was diagnosed, my sister was at university in Cardiff, and she went like trotting off to the clinic, like right, I want a full screen, and and they said to her, oh, you don't, you're not high risk, you don't need a HIV test. And she was like, uh, if you saw my sister, she's not high risk, but she's just been diagnosed, mm-hmm. so you know, I want the test, and they, they did give her one. But, but nowadays, things are I mean, that was 12 years ago, so times are changing. There are lots of different ways of testing. So asking for a testing sexual health clinic, um, and they will discuss through with you all the different tests that you might need, which actually it sounds a lot, but it's not because a lot of them can be done. Very simply, uh, with, one, with one sample. There are lots of other ways you can test for HIV. You can test in the comfort of your own home, you can get a test that comes to the letterbox and you, you send it back, or you can do an instant test, a bit like a pregnancy test, just with a small prick of blood. So there are lots of different ways of, of getting a HIV test. But yeah, in the past, it wasn't always offered a standard. But now, if you went and asked for one, then they would have a great discussion with you about your reasons for accessing a test and, and the best way to go about that. Some of the A&E departments, they've started doing routine testing um, when people access A&E. So it's like, well, actually, if we screen everybody in high prevalence areas, they're sort of more likely to pick up the numbers of of people who are not aware of their status. In one way, that would be great, but also I'm very conscious of, you know, the NHS doesn't have all the money in the world and actually screening every single I was about to say Tom, Dick and Harry, which would be a bit of a Freudian book, but you know, you know, going out all goes the best. Yeah, it might not might not be the best use of money. However, we know there are certain demographics of people who are more likely to require a test or, you know, more likely to um, have been exposed to HIV. So there's lots of populations that it would be great to raise that away. The heterosexual community is such that because lots, and lots of heterosexuals don't think HIV has anything
0: to do with them. It's so weird that that still lingers as a notion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's,
0: it's, yeah, it's bizarre.
1: When I do sessions in schools and, and we talk about everything, there's always a teacher at the end that comes up and is like, oh, I didn't know half of that, I've learned so much. And it's like, wow, OK. <laughs>
2: Hello Jen here interrupting if you like us you can follow us on all of the social medias all of the social medias all of them apart from Snapchat because that's for sending roadies to people with and we um, don't want them once they've been recently
0: invented that are not make people. Instagram though Be we by are on, on MySpace.
2: <laughs> Instagram though we are on that and we post pictures of things that aren't even cats like our guests and stuff like that can they're can not get cats some cat guests <laughs> yes <laughs> next week cat special Uh, (laughs) you can also find us on the twitter we are at standard issue uk we are at standard issue podcast on instagram and we are standard issue magazine on facebook you're welcome
0: it's great that you're spreading this message that it isn't the doom and gloom and tombstone and iceberg of the 1980s, which I think st- still affects a lot of people who remember those adverts. Because we've, we've chatted to you before in the guise of you wrote for us for Standard Issues, so I, I'm aware of your story, and you basically take a pill a day and you are now undetectable is the, is the word you use, but there's a difference between undetectable and cured, isn't there? Yeah. Could you explain a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So I
1: take one tablet once a day, and that keeps my viral load, the amount of virus that's in my blood, to an undetectable level. So when they look you know, under a microscope, that it's at a level that is undetectable. That's amazing science, and that's a huge thing, because it means that I'm not infectious to a sexual partner.
0: That's incredible. And,
1: It it really is. And the movement of you equals you, which is unprotectable equals untransmittable. It's been revolutionary because it means that people living with HIV, stigma is massive, you know, and stigma for people living with HIV is huge. And I am incredibly privileged and I acknowledge that, as I said. And self-stigma, where people actually impose boundaries on themselves because of their fears or whatever around the way that they think society might react or be with them mm-hmm. is very very real and I, I can't underestimate that for you because you know if you've ever considered that you can't be intimate with somebody because you're worried you might infect them or you're worried how they'll react and actually that they'll then harm you or that your family will disown you you know, you'll lose your job, you'll lose your home if your landlord found out, you know, lots of these different things. It's actually very real in today's day and age. But because of the U equals U sort of campaigns and that science that that proves that, it gives people living with HIV a lot of confidence to say, you know what, actually, I'm not a threat, I'm not infectious, and I'm OK. And there's two things there. Either one that you don't feel that you need to tell everybody, or you don't need to feel you need to tell anybody because... You're, you know, you're not, in, you're not a possible threat to them. So uh-huh. therefore, why would they need to know? But also, that it, it relieves that burden, of you know, that psychological waste of, gosh, I'm living with something that could potentially harm somebody else. Well, you're not. You know, yes you're living with a virus but it's not in a way that's um, going to be able to harm somebody else and that's huge relieving that burden from someone's shoulders.
0: Absolutely and it's very different the way that the stigmas and misconceptions that still surround HIV and AIDS to something like HPV which is, <laughs> yeah. is rife but doesn't have the same sort of associations I guess.
1: Yeah a lot of that is the legacy of the 80s and, and the messaging that went through and actually how messaging sometimes since then hasn't kind of got through or education actually and a lot of that for me and education is a key part is education in schools hasn't caught up with the science that is today oh really not always you know in the national curriculum there is um, a mention of HIV and um, but it's very much in a science virus replication type way and so in, in on paper that's what children in in the UK or in England have to learn that doesn't give across the sort of subtleties and the nuances of relationships and of actually what HIV is as, when you're looking at as a social thing or as a even as a medical condition. It doesn't necessarily do what you know I would do when I go in and do sessions in school. So you
2: know, there's
1: there's one thing teaching people about how a virus replicates. is another thing giving them the tools and the, the arsenal of conversation skills to actually be able to discuss responsible sexual health and what HIV actually means in you know, in this day and age. And actually, you know, as I said about teachers not necessarily knowing everything, there's a lot of people that need their kind of knowledge to bring it to speed. We're seeing, as an example, that the numbers of people being diagnosed who are sort of 40, 50 plus, and that's often where contraception isn't needed anymore or they've moved out of a relationship and having no fun and uh, right. and then, you know, things happen. So actually that's kind of, you know, that sort of 50 plus age range of people of actually encouraging them to get into the mindset of moving, testing and accessing sexual health care is you know, it's another demographic that we need to be uh, making sure to he hear these messages.
0: Definitely. What can we do to combat the misconceptions and stigmas, and to encourage people to go and get themselves checked out? Is it just keep talking?
1: Uh, exactly, keep talking, keep sharing campaigns and messages. You know, things like the Terrence Tiggins Trust—they do some amazing campaigns on a regular, regular basis. Support them. You know, share their messages, get them out there. So using social media, pushing them out because for so people like me that are doing, you know, pushing these messages all day, every day. You know, you drop a puddle in an ocean, drop a pebble in a puddle, or whatever the phrase is, we can, <laughs> um, we can really make that ripple spread. And actually, sometimes somebody who's new to this, sharing this within, within their little puddle or pond or whatever, can make a massive impact when there's ripples. You never know who can pick up a message that they didn't know that before, they've learned something new. So, yeah, Terrence Higgins, just check them out. And uh, there's also lots of information on their website for testing for treatment, for peer support, you know, if you're diagnosed and then you want to chat to other people living with the virus. There's lots of help on that to sort of start a conversation.
0: It might sound like a weird thing to say, but it sounds like there's a lot to celebrate going on with work into the virus.
1: It's amazing. You know, we've come so far. And if if you look at health condition that in reality is less than 40 years old, you know, when you look at it that way of how far the science has come, we've come so far. And that, and that needs to be celebrated. You know, we have we have you know, the NHS here. We have amazing medication. We have amazing doctors. We have all of the things we need to test and treat and live well with HIV. We just need society to kind of get up to speed to actually then make sure that all the other things are in place as well. Because a lot of people living with HIV are disproportionately pre- affected by lots of things, whether that's you know their career choices may be impacted and that their um, earning potential, their immigration status, you know, all of these things that actually can increase somebody's vulnerability. So then we need society to pick up on all of those things that are additions to your health and actually make sure your quality of life is, is as good as anybody else's.
0: So you've mentioned a couple of times about talking to kids in schools, and that all comes under your company, Think to Speak, right? Which you are That's the CEO right. and founder of. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, I Think to Speak is a social enterprise. We're now an award-winning social enterprise. System. Oh, well done! Congratulations! Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, so that started very much from my kind of my family's little story, and actually how that affected my son's journey in school and the conversations that adults sometimes shy away from. Mm-hmm. Because he was recognising that we well, came home after something had happened and said, "Yeah, but mummy, that's that's what grown ups do. If they're not comfortable, they just walk away." And I was like, "Wow, that's not okay. That you think that that's what grown ups do? We're professionals. They should, if something's a little bit challenging or comfortable, they should have the skills to to talk about that." So that sort of set me off on a quest of, "Right, who going to get into the school to kind of make this a bit better?" That was what well, four years ago now so it started very much wanting to help their class and we've now we've worked with about eight thousand uh, professionals and children and young people across the country supporting lots of different conversations and so some of those are sexual health some of them are mental health some of them generally all fit within well-being and actually having a conversation is one of the best prevention tools <laughs> you know, human beings have and having a chat, having giving somebody the space and the time to have a conversation, can make such a difference. And actually having the skills to facilitate and you know make conversations happen, sometimes are really overlooked. So yeah, that's what Think goes about doing. Working with a amazing group of people, and um, we go into schools, college, universities, and lots of corporate settings as well, um, because we find lots of adults still still need those skills. Absolutely. To be the yeah
0: and when you're chatting about your story what kind of reaction do you get from the kids and from the adults you often get
1: to start with the sort of head tilt of the oh and the sort of pitted eyes but then when i kind of share actually the kind of the amazing opportunities and the amazing things that have, have happened for you know for me and for my family and for starting the organization and the experiences we've had it's usually a like, holly oh, like this is this is amazing and, I, you know, I hate the whole kind of, oh, you're an inspirational speaker because I never would kind of give myself that bad. But it does tend to be, you know what, well, bad stuff can happen, you know, life happens, but you can turn that around. You can make something out of, you know, out of an experience that you've had and it can spur you on to do, you know, lots of other things. So so I so blessed and, um, in, in that weird way of, you know, you feel the hand that you're given or whatever, but... I feel incredibly grateful for all of the experiences and opportunities that I've had, which have actually most of them come about because I'm living with HIV, which, you know, I never would have thought that there was, I know, but that's, you know, I'd be sat here um, all these years later thinking that way, but but I am.
0: Where can we find you, Lizzie? Where can people find you, follow you in a in a nice way, not in a stalky way, and <laughs> <laughs> maybe get involved with think to speak
1: That would be amazing. So think to speak is think to the number speak.com and you can find me on Twitter at fashion Things which is my from my old days of uh, when I used to work in in fashion and uh, luxury jewellery PR
0: (laughs) thank you so much for talking to us and you know happy World AIDS Day thank you very much yes and to you too make sure you've got your red ribbon on
1: hello Hannah here just wanted to let you know that if you like what we do you can help us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes it really does help Especially if you give us five stars. Did that sound threatening enough? Give us five stars.
0: Standard issue for all women.